you are just investing peanuts, it doesn't matter how crafty your strategy is, you're still only investing peanuts. You could either pay $500 a month towards your car or you could max out a Roth IRA. So really investing is none of your business until you've taken care of all those other things. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We're Rebecca and Dylan, husband and wife and financial coaches for married couples. Do you and your spouse want to reach financial freedom and start building wealth, but you're not sure where to start? Have you tried to budget and pay off debt, yet you struggle to see your net worth actually increase? Rad Money is the finance podcast that helps millennial married couples get on the same page about one of the toughest topics they will face in their marriage. Our goal is to help you and your spouse work together to reach your financial goals and strengthen your marriage along the way. Welcome to this episode of the Rad Money Podcast. Today, we are talking about the six steps to financial freedom. And before you think that you've heard this before, and this is just more of the same stuff, this is our version of the six steps to financial freedom. And we have our own insights. This is unlike what you really hear, I think, in most places for kind of the role that each step will play, how to look at it. So we're really excited to dig into this for you today. But before we do, I just want to read a quick review that we recently received for Coaching, this is from my client, Molly, who I've been working with for a while, and this is what she had to say about working together. She said, I started working with Rebecca because I wanted to create a more specific plan with my money other than just saving it. I was intimidated about investing and didn't know how to get started. Rebecca helped me clarify my financial goals during our sessions by asking great questions and giving helpful resources. Thanks to Rebecca, I feel very confident about managing my retirement accounts, my investments, and the big picture of my finances. I'd recommend her to anyone who is feeling overwhelmed or intimidated about their finances. You can do it, and Rebecca is an awesome asset to have on your team. Thanks so much for these kind words, Molly. It's been so great to work with you and just seeing the progress that you have made in your financial journey and just watching your net worth climb has been so amazing, and I couldn't be happier for you. Yeah, that's that's a great review, and it's just amazing to see how far people can come in a short period of time. It's all about being intentional. Yeah. It's all about and, and working with someone who is keeping you focused. And who, you know, month after month or quarter after quarter can say, hey, did you do what you said you wanted to do? Did you stay on track? Did you get distracted? Of course you did. Let's refocus, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she said that like you helped her create these specific goals and get more intentional about how that she was using her money, which is just so vital. You can't just accidentally become financially free. You have to be intentional and take the right steps. Otherwise, you're really just risking it and probably not going to get very far. Well, and here's the thing. Molly is professional entrepreneur, doctor, and so she doesn't have the time to do this on her own. Uh-huh. You know, she's an expert in her field. And so it was just so fun to help her reach her goals where she didn't have to waste all of this time by trying to figure it out herself when she's already working so hard in her field and the things that light her up. And so that's what I really like the best is like I get to help her reach her goals without distracting her from her money making activities. So Mm -hmm. she got to just continue focusing on earning more money. And I'm like, okay, now here's what to do with that money. Yeah. So it was really great. And that's a great segue into today's conversation, which is the six steps to financial freedom. What are the order of events and why are they so important to do in the right order? Because so many people try to skip ahead or or think that it doesn't apply to them. And that's just not the case. Right. People want to skip straight to like some complicated advanced investing. They, They think that what they really need is some complicated investing strategy when really laying the foundation, learning how to spend less than you make and building from there is going to set you up for more success and what people are most excited about being able to invest more money. Yeah, exactly. Like the the steps are the in the order that they are 
so that you can invest more money. Exactly. But if you are just investing peanuts, it doesn't matter how crafty your strategy is, you're still only investing peanuts. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to get smart and strategic about it. And that's why things are in the order that they're in. Because each one of these steps is going to create a foundation for you that is going to make you really financially resilient. I know a lot of people right now are concerned about the economy and Mm -hmm. interest rates, inflation, all of these things. And so If you want to be more resilient, if you want to protect yourself from these things, these ups and downs, and not be on this roller coaster all the time, follow these steps. I can't recommend it enough because we don't have to really pay attention to all this noise that's going on in, in the economy. I mean, sure, our groceries are more expensive, same as everybody else's, but we really don't have to worry that much about like our finances in that way because we've already checked a lot of other boxes. A, a great way to think about this is that you become self-sufficient and you're not reliant on the economy. When, when the economy is doing great, you get to benefit. But when the economy comes down, you've insulated yourself and you are going to feel the effects of a down economy you're going to be fine. It might be, it might not be the best years for you. They won't be the most comfortable. Yeah. But but you won't have the same worries that everybody else will. Yeah. You have that six months to a year emergency fund. Okay. Layoffs happen. Like, okay, you can get through that. Like plus, especially plus unemployment. But you know, that's not the end of the world for you. Groceries get a little bit more expensive. Okay. You can absorb that, but you also have your money working for you in other parts of your financial plan where hopefully it's outpacing inflation, right? Yeah. Well, and a lot of times when the economy takes a downturn, there are opportunities. And if you've set yourself up, you've laid this foundation, you actually have money available and you're not concerned about the day to day, how am I going to pay my bills? Then you actually get to look at opportunities if the economy goes down. So it's just, there's so many reasons. I think that's a huge reason, regardless of what's going going on with the economy to getting your finances straight. Opportunities can come up, but if you don't have the cash to move on that, then it doesn't matter. Like you're just going to keep missing out, right? right? So if you follow these steps this way, you're going to have that financial resiliency. You're going to have this solid financial foundation. You're going to be able to put your money to work for you more. You're going to be able to take opportunities when they come up for you. So these steps and the way that we're about to explain this is how we paid off all of our debts. It's how we started saving more and got to over a year's worth of living expenses that was critical for us starting this business yeah. and got us on track to coast to our first million in investment. So we know a thing or two. Like Molly just said, we definitely know what we're doing. So so let's get into it. So the first step that you want to take is to make sure that you achieve cash flow freedom. We talk about cash flow a lot on this podcast because we believe that when you have a healthy cash flow, then you have a lot of financial leverage. And so this is really the first step that you need to take. And a lot of people take this step for granted. This isn't really talked about a lot, but you basically what this means is that you're spending less than you make. You you bring in $10,000, you spend $9,000. There's an extra $1,000 that you can cash flow into saving, investing something else as a, a really simple math example. Yeah, so what we really mean by cash flow freedom is creating space in your budget. That's what you're doing. You're creating, you're giving yourself some wiggle room month to month so that you have some extra money consistently to put towards whatever your your goal is, whatever your top priority is. That flexibility and freedom in your monthly cash flow is the only way that you can start to make progress. So a lot of times that does look like cutting down on your expenses. It does look like trimming down your lifestyle, just really getting rid of the things that are holding you back, costing you money and aren't adding value to your life. So Mm -hmm. the subscriptions that are unused or the things that you're not as interested in them anymore. So go ahead and cut those down and to give yourself 
some cash flow freedom. Because without it, you just you can't save, you can't invest, you can't pay off debt. Everybody knows that. A lot of people will come to us and ask, well, what do, what do I do if I feel like I, if I don't have any money at the end of the month? Like, how could I possibly? You, This is how, is you start trimming that fat and you start trimming that fat to create the space in your cash flow. And then the thing with your cash flow specifically, so not just your budget, but utilizing our tool for cash flow is that it's really going to give you this intimate understanding of your numbers. You might have heard a lot of people say, know your numbers. Cash flow is a huge part of that. Being able to put it in a way that it's useful to you is how where I see most finance tools getting it wrong. It just looks like this big old flow chart and it's kind of useless, right? But our cash flow actually gives you useful information so that you can know the, the times of the week or the month when you're fat versus when you're lean. And that's going to help you make really informed money moves. So cash flow freedom is just super critical for so many reasons. But what gets in a lot of people's way to reaching this step is honestly, it's really hard to kind of take that first step and get moving on this journey, much less start to build momentum and continue down the path. This is definitely the hardest step to take because this requires change. If you're bringing home $6,000 and you spend $6,000 and you have no money left over, that means you have to take this internal look at yourself, your financial habits, how you're using your money, and you have to make changes so that you can create $50 extra, $100 extra, maybe $1,000 extra of cash flow so that you can start to save, pay down debt, invest. So this is the hardest step to take. Absolutely, because not it's not just identifying how to trim the fat and looking for places where I could hypothetically spend less money here. Yeah, That's not the hard part. The hard part is changing your habits. It's uh-huh. habit change. It's behaving differently. That's the hardest part. Just no question. That is the hardest part. It's more complicated than figuring out how to invest. It's more complicated than anything because it literally requires you to change how you're living your life. Yes. So it, yeah, it's totally the hardest part. I totally agree. Regardless of how much you make, it's the hardest part. You might genuinely just need more income. That's a huge obstacle to this is just like, I mean, you can't save your way to financial freedom. Right. If you've, tri- if you're living trimmed down and you're budgeting month to month and you're still living paycheck and to paycheck. And there's just no room. Income is the solution here. If you're budgeting and you've, you've trimmed everything down, you just can't, you can't move forward. Yeah. But that's like very few people. That's like people who make less than 40K yeah. a year. It, that's when we really start to realistically, that's who's experiencing that. If you make more than that, there's probably some room. But yeah, there's always opportunities to make more money. All right. So the second step that you want to take after you've achieved cash flow freedom is to create a cash cushion. And what that looks like, what we mean by cash cushion is saving up one month of living expenses. And the reason you want to do this is so you start to create a buffer in between you and life. Yeah, this keeps you from backsliding and losing momentum. When you have the cash cushion, then you aren't going to be going into debt if an emergency comes up. Say the car needs some part replaced. It's always the car. It's always the car. If you don't have the cash cushion, you end up having the emergency with the car and you have to use debt to cover the cost, which then affects your cash flow. You have payments every month. It increases the amount of debt that you have. So that cash cushion prevents you from backsliding and losing momentum. Yeah. So really the role of the cash cushion is to keep you from adding to your debt. So even if you have to use it on said car emergency, then you at least didn't add to your debt load. Yes, you need to refill that cash cushion. But the biggest benefit here is that you didn't add to that expensive debt. 
again, this is a place where a lot of people get super discouraged. Like we talked about in a recent episode, they just started to build up hope and see that like you could make some progress. You're like, yes, I have my cash cushion. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, my cash cushion is gone. And they focus on that. They don't focus on the fact that they did not have to use a credit card to pay for that expense. And that's really what you need to focus on to get your head around why this is so important and why even when you have to use it, that's still a win. You're just paying yourself back opposed to having to pay a bill. And so there's something very different about that, too. The hurdle to this is this kind of the same as the last one is if you find it hard to save up a cash cushion, you still have to cut down your expenses. You might want to increase your income. That's obviously going to make it easier. But you have to create that cash flow freedom. If you don't have cash flow freedom in your month to month expenses, you're never going to be able to establish a cash cushion. So those are your two variables decrease expenses or increase your income. That's all you get to play with. And between those two, you can create, give yourself that cash flow freedom and start building your cash cushion. Yes. So step number three is to start investing. But this is a big old asterisk because this isn't actually available to everyone. And we're not saying like, boom, go for it. This is where we're starting to say this is our version of this. But If you have an employer-sponsored retirement account at your place of work and they give a match, which is usually up to about 5%, that's pretty common, you need to get that. You need to be capturing that capital and investing that for the long term, but at least- Just get the the match. But just get the match. And you absolutely should be doing that. Some advice out there is, you know, don't invest at all until your debt is paid off. Okay, pre-tax 5% is not going to change your picture. It, It won't make or break your situation at all, but it will start to you compound. Will, if you have that investing itch, you really want to get started. This at least scratches the itch and you know that you're starting to make progress there and you'll be able to come back to this with a lot of power once you've done all these other steps. Yeah, but 5% pre-tax is not going to crush you. Absolutely capture that match. Get that money. It's part of your compensation package. But if this isn't available to you, then you can just skip this step. Yeah, this is just the ability to take advantage of extra money that's available to you, like Rebecca's saying. Yeah. So step number four is to eliminate debt. And most importantly, ones that are high interest or ones that are killing your cash flow with large monthly payments. So this is where we differ from a lot of financial advice about why getting rid of debt is so important. For a lot of people, they focus on interest rates and how it's costing you money. We really look at it from the lens of your cash flow. If every payment that you're making towards a debt is money that you can't be using to save or invest. Yeah. A lot of people get confused on, oh, I should I pay off my debt first or should I invest? You should absolutely pay off your debt first because if you are carrying these debts and just have these high, high payments month after month, that's all cash flow that you cannot put towards your investments. So you're investing peanuts. You're not able to really have the impact that you want to have. So to answer that question, just definitely, should I invest or should I pay off debt first? You need to pay off that debt that's preventing you from investing at the level that you really want to to reach your goals yes yeah interest rate is like okay that's nice to think about but it's really not the most important thing cash flow all day it is the most critical component of your entire financial plan yeah so putting interest rates aside let's talk about some common payments that eat up cash flow that almost everyone has so first is The average car payment is around $500 a month. Yeah, I'd rather max out my Roth. Thank you very much. Exactly. You could either pay $500 a month towards your car or you could max out a Roth IRA. There we go. That's a great example right there. Driving around a Roth. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) One's appreciating. The other is not. (laughs) Student loan payments are anywhere from $500 to $700. Yeah, just lame. 
And the average monthly payment on credit cards, believe it or not, is four hundred dollars. That's that's really nuts. That that's minimums because, like, I mean, I think for us, you know, we pay off our balance every month, but like a hundred dollars is the minimum, you know. So and right. that's that's like in our average balance is about two grand a month, but they would accept a minimum of a hundred, you know. So it's like, whoa, my goodness, four hundred. That's... that's a really hefty balance that you're. Woo! Oh, but that tracks, though, with the average, because the average credit card balance, I think, these days is somewhere around six to eight. Oh, yeah. So, but think about it this way. If you eliminate the car. Oh, six to eight grand. Six to eight grand. Not six. Not. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So what? <laughs> but think about it this way. If you have all, let's just say you have all three of these. Yes. $1,500. About $1,500 a month. It and just goes to your debt payment. Right. And if you can eliminate that, all of a sudden your monthly expenses just went down by $1,500. But then that gives you $1,500 to work with, to yeah. save, invest. And that's why we think the cash flow component is so important here. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So without getting into the issue of, okay, well, which one has the highest interest rate and all this sort of stuff, doesn't matter. It's really, even even the highest total balance to me matters less then how much cash flow is coming out of your pocket. Right. And this, again, is what the way that we did it was we focused mostly on cash flow. That's how we decided what debt to pay off first. It was part avalanche, part snowball. I've joked around. We started calling it the cash flow tsunami. It's really about taking your financial power back as quickly as possible yep. in the form of your cash flow. Yeah. If you want to listen more about how to pay off debt the best way, check out episode 28. It's a Monday micro money tip. It's five minutes long and we'll just, we give you in plain detail how to get out of debt as quickly as possible. Our next step is essentially the emergency fund, or what we like to call it is becoming self-insured. Yep. We really like this idea of, you know, especially the closer you get to retirement, being self-insured. We're talking about self-insurance against some other things, not just medical expenses. It can be medical expenses, but also job loss, replacing your car, all sorts of things. Yes. And this is really that three to 12 months of living expenses in a high yield savings account. We talk about that in episode 24 about why you need to put your emergency fund in a high yield savings account. If you have not done that already, this is me reminding you, you need to do this. And we found out that a lot of people don't use it. Even though they know that it, they need to, it's like only 3% of Americans are actually doing it yeah. or something like that. Anyways, three to 12 months living expenses. I know that's a huge range. This is just a very personal preference. It depends on your lifestyle and how risk tolerant you are, how confident you are in your job, all sorts of things. Yeah, there's a lot of variables yeah. involved. Are you single? Are you married? Do you have children? Oh my gosh, so many, so many variables. But three to 12 months should be your goal. And this is really the first step to being financially self-sufficient. Yes. You know, when it comes to figuring out exactly how much should go into an emergency fund, I always tell clients, let's get the three months and see how you feel about it. Yeah. You know, that's always a great place to start. Just get to three. And you know what? I feel really good about three. Great. Yeah. Or I could use a few more months in there. You Let your gut be the barometer. Here. Yeah. There's really no like perfect right answer. Some people, just they just like round numbers. They're like, mm, 40 grand sounds good. And right. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like it's 5.3 months, but you want 40, you just want that round number. Like I get it. Exactly. Um, it's so just clean. It's easy to it's, keep track of. It's just clean. I know when I've hit it and yeah. Yeah. So this is the first step to really being financially self-sufficient. A lot of people will call this, also call this like the FU fund. And they're uh -huh. talking about like, I could leave my job whenever I could leave my spouse whenever I could, you know, all. Don't even get me started on that. We just like to focus the purpose of having this emergency fund or having this self-insurance on being more resilient and less dependent on outside factors. It might be a boss. It might be the economy. 
It might be a medical expense. All of these different things. It's just that insulation to prevent, to protect you and make you less reliant on those things. I'll tell you, if when you've paid off the debts and then you get to the three, six month emergency fund, life feels totally different. It is like, completely different. It feels so different. You just feel so much more in control. It is one of the best feelings. Getting to this stage in particular, life-changing. Yeah. I think it honestly, it is the biggest, I think it's the most noticeable, you know, because right. the, the next steps take way more time to be able to see your investment accounts start to compound and really start to take off. That's going to take quite a few years. Yeah. But reaching this level of like financial stability is, is the most life changing. I can't even explain it. Yeah. I I wouldn't say that you've totally escaped the rat race at this point, but you just, no. you just have this freedom that comes with this stage. Yeah, I mean, I think that is kind of part of the reason why people call it an FU fund, right? Is like you just know that you have op- you've created options for yourself. Exactly. It's really what you've done. It's you do still need to work, but you've started to create options. You're not living paycheck to paycheck anymore. You don't have these ridiculous monthly payments to these debts that you're just like begrudgingly paying every single month, right? You can start to forgive your past self for going into bukus with student loan debt. Uh-huh. Like you this is really where the healing starts. Yeah. <laughs> and life just improves in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really good feeling getting to this place. Yeah. But one thing that does get in a lot of people's way is that they think that having this much cash is a bad idea. And that is just completely wrong. Everybody needs to have at least that three months in cash. It needs to be liquid. Again, go check out our Money Micro Money tip that I think we just dropped last week. But this money should be kept cash. This is not to build wealth. This is having money that's accessible to you if and when you need it. So at this point, you've broken the paycheck to paycheck cycle, you've paid off all your debts, you've increased your cash flow, and you have a full emergency fund. So you have laid a solid foundation and you're ready to move on to step six, which is strategically invest. Yeah, this is the fun part. This is the building wealth part. So it's all been about, yeah, laying that rock solid foundation on which to build this wealth. And so what do we mean by strategically invest? That really means investing in the right account in the right way in the right order. So a lot of people just get super excited about all this various investment advice that they've heard, but they don't really know if it applies to them and or the just the right order to do things because there still is a correct order or a best way to approach your investment strategy. I'll see a lot of times people are immediately investing in their brokerage accounts, but they are ignoring any tax advantaged accounts that are totally available to them. Right, right yeah, making sure that you're taking advantage of a Roth IRA before you go to a brokerage account or using your employer retirement fund. Yeah. And so strategically investing, utilizing these investment accounts the right way is really the difference between working smarter, not harder. So if you are skipping the tax advantage accounts and going straight for a brokerage or a savings account that isn't even a high yield, like all these sorts of things, you're missing out on a lot of benefits that are available to you that are going to make it easier to build wealth. But the thing is, and why we're not really going to say, okay, this is the order that you do it in, is because everybody's variables are very different. So you have a different set of tax advantage accounts that are available to you based off of your situation. So you might have a 401k at work, or maybe you're self-employed and you could use a SEP. You know, maybe none of these are available to you. And so all you could do is a Roth. Oh, you make too much money. You can't do a regular Roth. You have to do a backdoor, right? So there's like, so for me to just say like, this is the order of events is honestly not super helpful because it depends on you as a person 
and what makes the most sense for your unique circumstances. This is why it's just really important to really educate yourself or work with someone who knows these things so that they can point you in the right direction so that you're investing strategically and, like we said, in the right way. And really the obstacle for people becoming a strategic investor is that they haven't laid the foundation that we talked about. If you haven't done all these steps right away, what ends up happening if you haven't increased your cash flow and paid off your debts is that you're, you're investing pennies instead of dollars. So you just can't make the meaningful contributions to your investment accounts that you could if you took care of the debt. Another thing that happens is if an emergency comes up, then your attention gets diverted from investing and you have to deal with the emergency. And if you have to use debt to pay for the emergency, then you have debt to deal with as well. Yeah. So really investing is none of your business until you've taken care of all those other things. Because if you've got all these payments every month that are chewing up your cash flow, it's all going towards debt or other lifestyle expenses. So until you increase that cash flow one way or another, then strategically investing is just not going to be a thing for you because there's not much that you can do. Your hands are tied because you don't have any, any flexibility within your monthly cash flow to put it towards more than one thing. So that's really, gonna, that's really the goal is to get yourself to the point where you have enough cash flow freedom by mastering your expenses, like getting those locked down, and then hopefully increasing your income by doing both of those things you're going to be able to do more than just max out one retirement account. I want you to get to the problems that my clients get to where you start to run out of options of where to put your money because you've got so much cash flow now that you easily max out your Roth. You easily max out your 401k. And now you're running out of places to put your money. And now we're looking at all the other really strategic things that you can do to fine tune and get get you even further. I want you to have that problem. (laughs) It's a great problem to have. It's a fantastic problem to have. So let's recap the six steps for you. We've gone through all of them in detail, but just as a reminder, the first thing you want to do is get that cash flow freedom. Next is create the cash cushion and save up one month of living expenses. The third thing you want to do, if available to you, is get the match from your company employer's retirement program. Number four is to pay off debts that are high interest and or killing your cash flow. Number five is to become self-insured by saving up a three to 12 month emergency fund. And once you've done all those things, you can move on to number six and become a strategic investor. That's our take on the six steps to financial freedom. Like we said, we just have a couple different ways of viewing these steps and why they're really important that are different than a lot of the personal finance advice out there. But we'd love to hear from you and what you found the most interesting in this episode. So if you have two minutes, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you enjoyed about today's episode or just Rad Money Podcast in general. But that's everything we have for you today. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.